Welcome back, everyone, to The Build It, the podcast dedicated to exploring the world of non-league soccer in the US. Today, we are honoured to have Ian Blackley as our special guest. Ian is a marketing expert and creative lead at San Francisco City Football Club, where he also serves as a member of the board of directors. In the past year alone, Ian has helped to refine the club's brand identity, develop strategies to convert more members, and update their website. He has also formed partnerships with local non-profits, Created vibe-setting playlists. Who the fuck knew that? Uh, designed New Year, last year's kits, and even shot lifestyle photography for social media and the web store using a 34 mil camera. Ian's passion for non-league soccer and his commitment to making a positive impact on this community is truly inspiring. We are thrilled. Yeah, John looked thrilled. We are thrilled to have him on the show today to share his insights and experiences with our listeners. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Yeah, thanks for so that. that that's what you all are welcome. Uh, that's what you get for your bang for, for your chat GPT. It's a wonderful thing. Um, there's not a lot of information out there. To be fair to GPT, um, yeah, it's only as good as the information you put in. And if you've only got one page on a very artistic website, then, you know, how much can it give you? So, um, uh, how is San Francisco this morning? Well, this afternoon now. And, uh, well, that's still the point of view. It's good. It's just sunny for the first time in a few weeks. It's been like uh, been raining for the past three months. So, Nice, yeah, crappy weather. Nice dodge, yeah. But the, 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 the much hyped West Coast lifestyle isn't really much to talk about at the moment, is it? But looks to be you. My heart, our hearts bleed. <laughs> but, yeah. but, um, I think a lot of people think of LA and San Diego for the next weather. Here it's always kind of like gray, foggy, mm-hmm. yeah. We're yeah. atmospheric is the word we bricked like to use, but yeah, hey, how yeah. are you gonna do? Yeah. All right, so um, what's your story, my friend? How come um, a man with ostensibly artistic leanings um, ends up here? The, the, your, the, the whole, your whole footprint on the web is copywriting. So, um, yeah, clearly you can, the man can write, but why are you dicking about on Instagram? Yeah, uh, so let's see how far back do you want to go. So I kind of got involved into soccer I think in like 2018, you know, like 2013 is kind of like when I started getting into it and watching like the Premier League. I think that's right around the time NBC got the rights broadcasted in the States. And it was right around the time the Niners left to go to San Jose or Santa Clara, same thing. Uh, and baseball is pretty boring. Like it's fun to go out every now and then, but it's like, very hard to like follow a full season of baseball unless it's like postseason in October. So I was like looking for a club in San Francisco because I didn't want to support the earthquakes in San Jose. The roots weren't a thing at that time. So I was like searching and then I think it was 2017 is when like the Deltas came onto the scene. And I was still going to school. Uh, I went to an art school that had like an advertising department. So I was around like all these other creatives and, you know, everyone's producing like great looking stuff and focus on like branding and all that. And the Deltas did really have that for me. Like they just had like a really bad generic kind of logo. The name didn't make any sense for like the location I was representing. So I kind of like, didn't care about the team and I guess it wasn't alone but but I would like walk into uh, BART which is part of the metro 
steps of a train system here. And as I was going into the station, someone was leaving the station that had like a track jacket and it had a bat on the side that looked pretty cool. I could instantly tell it was like related to San Francisco because it was like Transamerica pyramid. They had the Sutra Tower, they had bridge. So I like on the train, I like Google search like soccer, SF soccer team, Transamerica pyramid, Sutra Tower. Then an article popped up and talked about San Francisco City Football Club. I went on their website, saw that they were supporter owned, which was like a unique concept to me because I wasn't really familiar with like the Bundesliga on the 50 plus one rule. So I was like digging on their website and I also saw their merch and it was unlike anything I'd ever really seen as far as like non-professional software goes for merch. Uh, and then I had this cool design. So I like reached out immediately. It's like, hey, I'm going to school for advertising. If you guys need any help, let me know. Uh, but I ended up getting like a meeting with uh, the president, uh, Jacques, and the director of events. Then we were chatting and just kind of seeing what could be done. Uh, but I think it was like in the off season and, and things kind of like didn't materialize. But the following year, 2018, uh, those were no longer a thing. And at school, we had an advertising agency that was like ran by students that worked on local nonprofits. So I pitched the idea to the teachers to bring on SF City as a client. And we had like seven web designers in the class. So they weren't really familiar with like advertising. So we thought it was a good project to kind of help boost SF City's website with them. So we kind of did all that, redesigned the website, but it was all kind of like wireframes and like concepts, uh, which would have required like tons of money to actually get implemented. So the club took a few of the ideas that we had implemented them a little bit. So they went from like the WordPress to like a Squarespace, so it would be easier to like update. Um, then yeah, the following year, I think someone else kind of took over and they made like these short little videos highlighting the supporters of the club as just like more content. Uh, 2020 is when I was tapped to kind of take over like marketing, uh, on the operation side because the former, uh, marketing guy, I think he just and like focus on other things oh. so i was like uh sure i don't know exactly what i wanted to do like i i suffer like imposter syndrome so i was like i'll do it but i don't know if it's gonna be good so i had like ideas like right away if i'm like redoing some stuff like incorporating more of the city because you know it's in our name we have architecture in badge uh and, and yeah, then COVID happened. So everything was scrapped for the season and it was, the club's kind of dormant at that time, uh, because we didn't play looking back. That's probably when we should have done like a lot more merch just to generate some kind of revenue. And, and then I wasn't doing anything on the social there. I think it was just kind of like guiding things and be like, oh, what if we did this? Um, then it wasn't until 2022, this is so long, uh, 
2022 the last year in like the spring i think is when i kind of like took the reins of what's on our social media just because i was like looking back and we had like interns and whatnot do some of what we were posting and not to like shit on their hard work and commitment to the club but it was just like clip art i think we had like a mother's day post that just had like as a happy mother's day with like a clip art painted flowers on like a white background and then it was like uh poorly cropped on like instagram like on the grid so you just saw like mother's day or something so as a let's elevate our plugs a little bit because just because we're wilding is like just because we're like semi-pro amateur kind of club doesn't mean we can't look professional so I kind of took everything I learned and in some like photoshopping illustrator classes and just kind of utilize that onto our social media. And I also just looked at San Francisco like cultural history. So last year we did our next match post that looked like, uh, well, fuck, I'll work on the podcast, but these like uh, transfer tickets. So you used to, if you used to take the bus like before, 2013 is when you stopped it, you would get a transfer and then the driver would rip it and you had until that time to use it. So we just made an expat match post, uh, like, was like that. Then like we played in the SFSFL still, which is like the oldest, uh, league soccer league in the country or one of the oldest. So I looked way back at like old mini ticket stubs and it made those match date posts look like that so there was like some difference if you weren't confused between the two teams that we field uh then yeah and then we kind of squeaked by with what i was doing last season then i think in the summer i reached out to some friends of mine on if they could you know help out the club and of a our director a friend of mine she reached out and she helped build us a new design system using figma because we were using canada uh last season and it had its pros and also had to its cons um so this new system we have in figma is like super user friendly and like i'm able to create something export it right away upload it's like buffer to schedule to go live yeah uh, and it, it'll make everything look the same and consistent. Um, and then I was talking with Vince, who's not as involved with the club anymore. Uh, he like moved to the North Bay and he has like family now. So he's more of like a consultant now. So I'll just share like any idea that I have with him. I'll just cut in and handle say, oh, great, let's do that or not. So this whole thing was like, hey, we should really focus on like this DIY culture, like, you know, cause everyone says like built, not bought, but like, let's actually like emphasize the building part. And since it's like support operated, it's all about like, you know, volunteers collaboration. So that's kind of what we've been doing since like October. I think it's been doing pretty well for us. Uh, we have, we used to have, I don't know, but we used to have like pamphlets for our membership packs. That was just like the schedule and some other stuff. This year we're gonna do a scene. Uh 
which was open to the members to uh, submit documents, uh, uh, stories, like anything that they wanted to contribute with, that it kind of was tied to the clubs in some way. Uh, we uh, welcomed. Uh, so yeah, so we have that coming. Then we open up our kits this year to be like fan voted. And actually one of them was designed by someone else other than me. Uh, his name's Todd. He was a fan last season for the first time. Became a lifetime member right after the season. Ran for the board. Was elected to the board. I had three designs that needed a fourth. He gave me uh, the fourth design. We put it to a fan vote and hit one. So within a year, he goes from like a novice fan of lit down the street from Kizar to being on the board and having the kit design. Uh, so it just shows like what you think do like at the yeah. club because we welcome any and all. Well, that's the way, right? It's like we we spoke we've spoken to a lot of people involved in clubs while in the process of doing this. Um, there's kind of two distinct routes or routes if you're American as to how to get the ball out on the pitch. There's the the fan led, not necessarily fan owned, but fan driven, fan monitored, fan whatever that you and I, our clubs are involved with, and then there's the player. I feel like there's the player driven model. Which is, yeah, I, I'm 23, I've left college and I still want to kick a ball around with my buddies. Um, and neither are right or wrong, but it's, 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 it's from that, from that um, monologue of yours, it seems fairly evident that um, there's an awful lot of people that don't wear it, don't wear a match jersey for the match, if you know what I mean. There are players that are involved in sort of making San Francisco happen. Would that be fair? Um, uh, it, it's a little tough. So I think we're right now trying to do like cater to both the fan and the player. Um, like also like in our conference, we're the only club that doesn't have either a club affiliate or an academy. So like those clubs are able to like sell like potential players on that idea. Like if they're young enough that one day they could go to the first team or, you know, be like uh, Project I-1-0 or Monterey Bay 2, that there's potential for them to join the Brutes or Monterey Bay. Uh, but I think like right now what we're doing, like we have these like custom jerseys that I think the players do like. Last year, uh, we used an Italian company and they fit very Italian. Um, and I think there are some like, uh, constrictions with that. Uh, this year we went with a different supplier. So hopefully they're more comfortable for the players. This year we're, excuse me, we're also doing, uh, jet kits and, uh, pants for the players, like form up gear, uh, just something else to make their experience here a little bit better. Um, and I think our fans also help with the player side of things just because we have a pretty strong, loyal fan base that does travel. And I think this year we're going to travel a lot more considering that we don't have to go to LA anymore. Uh, and that on the road support and at the home support, I think that goes a long way with these players because I went to a few away matches last year and 
and threw him any shade, but like some of them, I mean, for the most part, I think they're just parents of the players. I don't think they're just like a, you know, real hardcore fan base, but they're like, they're not singing songs or just saying like, come Charlie, or, you know, they're just like yeah. clapping along. Uh, not the picnic nice. chair brigade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember we were at, at, uh, Davis legacy. There was like maybe five of us that traveled just because we were all the, uh, like communications team. <laughs> so we had to be there for like, uh, the play by plays, uh, so no social updates. But we were like seeing it ourselves and stuff. We saw him and the bass like, can you morons shut up? So uh, I think <laughs> I think our fans help with the idea about like supporting the players uh and being excited. But we also like I don't know, to answer your question, I think we try to like balance both of those at I think we do a pretty good job at least this year i think we're going to do a pretty good job at both what's then do you have like i hate the phrase kpis but do you have ways of measuring what a successful season is for you outside of silver weather yeah i i think a fan ownership makes it better in a way when you have a kind of forgettable season or like a season that doesn't go according to plan. I mean, also last year, uh, I think it might've been our worst positioning at the end of the season, but, uh, I, I was involved in these conversations, so I don't know exactly what happened, but what I understand is our division didn't know it was going to play until kind of last minute last year, because. 2021, we were one of the only divisions that didn't, or conferences that didn't play in ESL 2. So 2022 was kind of a question mark also. Uh, then in April, we got our coach. Like a couple of days after we got our coach, who is a former player of ours, uh, we had a tryouts, got a team. They trained maybe for like three weeks together before the season actually started. So it was all kind of cobbled together. But I think like supporter ownership kind of makes even failure better just because it's, you know, it's yours. Like there's that like pride that kind of goes into it. Uh, obviously we do want to win playoffs and all that, but I think it's better to lose and own something than lose and not be able to, you know, be involved. If that makes any sense. Right, perfect sense. So it's, yeah, it's about sustainability, right? It's like, yeah, we were about making decisions to ensure that we're playing this time next year, not this time next month. It's, yeah, and I think that's a struggle for like lower league clubs. Uh, I think that's why, I mean, I'm not a soccer for so I could be talking down my history, but I think clubs like going back to the Deltas or Bay Cities. Uh, or a few other NISA teams, I think they like went guns a blazing in a professional league, which cost a tremendous amount of money, but they weren't able to build a fan base to make them sustainable. So I think like us being in a vision for or cheered for whatever you would want to call it has its benefits on where we're able to like focus on growth. Then when the time comes, once we have like a certain number of like whatever ships and all that then we can make that next jump 
but so like right now it's all about just growing within our city and yeah, becoming sustainable where we, when we do make that jump, it's not like a one and done season, like what's happened to so many clubs recently. Yeah. Honestly, it's like, it's like you've been listening to tape recorders of John. This is exactly like almost worth the word what he wants to, what he knows it says, but, um, John, let's hear your voice. Jump in my friend. Hey, um, yeah, it's all good. I, um, obviously you have a big communications department. It sounds like certainly compared to Nick who does most of ours, but what, um, what is the, give me, I know USL league Two. give me a little bit of the organizational structure of the club as far as the board and how many people are working behind the scenes on it. And, um, what's, what's that look like to you guys? Yeah, actually, uh, communications department is just two people. It is Tyler Hinman who's on the board. He's the one doing all the play by plays on Twitter. Uh, he also does a lot of email correspondence. I, uh, all my writing tends to be on the humorous side of things. So if things need a serious tone, I just kind of push it off to Tyler. So I don't make it seem like condescending or something. Uh, so he's on the comms team, and I guess I'm kind of comms and I just kind of take care of like social media stuff. Um, then, so on the board, there are eight board members, about half of us on the board do operations. Uh, so I do like marketing, color, business communications. Then there's Brendan Brown, who's been with the club since it became supporter owned. So that's like 2014, 2015. Uh, then we have a few other board members that help out. In other words, of Todd that I mentioned earlier, he helps us out with our training and uh, stadium rentals. So he takes care of doing all that. Uh, like every Sunday, he helps a few fields for us on a poorly designed San Francisco Park Center Department uh, website. And then, and Brenda's merchandise. So he'll he has all like the wholesale accounts then. If I have an idea for merch, I'll shoot it over to them and be like, okay, let's do that. So it's kind of in charge of that. Then, uh, we have a few others on the board that are involved in other ways. Uh, they're kind of more like community focused stuff. Uh, and that's pretty much it. So right now the club is kind of operated on like eight people. Uh, we do have some new volunteers. Uh, in January, this one guy from South London, uh, he's in the process of moving over here. Like he's here for a couple months and he'll go back to South London. Uh, but he's a videographer, which is something that we have been needed for a long time because we just have like static images. So he was able to edit, uh, like a season teaser for us. He helped edit the schedule announcements, the, uh, the Burger King thing. Uh, so yeah, then there's another guy that reached out to help out with stuff. And actually Sunday, uh, him and I are walking in the mission and we're just hanging these like door hangers just to do some like grassroots marketing. Then he said that he's able to, you know, help us call companies to get, you know, 
partnerships and sponsorships and all that. So we're slowly growing the operation size of things and our families at the same time. Well, eight, eight people, or if you can add a few more, 10, I mean, I think Nick, you, you would agree like that's seven to nine more than a lot of clubs have of people dealing with operations and marketing and just being able to delegate their responsibility goes so far towards sustainability because you don't, uh, you know, the one person wants to leave or moves or gets a new job and all of a sudden you lose them and then the club is gone because the one key cog isn't there anymore. I think you guys have a good, and you've been around a few years. Um, so you have some sustainability, you have track record of memberships and costs and budget. And like, there's not wild surprises probably coming at you guys at this point. Um, aside from pandemics and things like that, but suddenly yeah. you got a good, good group of people with experience with the club that, you know, really kind of in a good shape to, to move along. Ironically, I was having a conversation yesterday with, uh, one of our players actually about the future and long-term and like that move, like you talked about that move from where you are at USL league two to either USL league one, NISA, whatever. It's such a huge jump financially yeah. that it's, it's not even, a, it's not even a step. It's like jumping up a mountain in one jump. Like it's yeah. so sad that there isn't, there is not a path to grow the club, your club, my club, any club. There is no path. You get to a point and you're like, well, this is kind of it without completely changing our model or some benefactor coming in and just literally being mad at their money, wanting to give it to us, which obviously doesn't happen very yeah. often. Yeah. Like we don't really have a pyramid here. Uh, I don't know what we would call it, but everything's so just like fractured where everyone's just kind of left to their own devices at like the Federation could step in and like make things a lot better but uh we don't need to go into like that but uh yeah like even like little things i think that could help loverly clubs would be like transfer fees like ventura county they had the player last year everything's bored of brace when he was here against us uh he got signed by lester and as far as I know, I, uh, like I don't have any access to this, but I don't think Ventura County got like any compensation. But he played for that team. They helped train him. I think he also went to school at Syracuse. But if there was some sort of like way where professional sides that have money can compensate these lower leagues or lower clubs, I think that could help those clubs a lot. Like Minneapolis City. I think four of their players got drafted in the MLS Super Draft thing, but was there really compensation to that? Because they really like help that and like grow. So I don't know. I think like things like that could help lower clubs financially. You know, that money to help make that job. It's yeah. It's a it's a it's a problem we can't solve today. Um, no. It's, it's just, it's just, uh, as you said, it's the wild, wild west. And, um, so what is, tell me about your, um, your, your match day situation. What does a match day look like? What kind of attendance do you guys have? Um, certainly 
from the marketing aspect, like, all right, we got a match on Saturday. What does the week look like for you in terms of social media, in terms of um, grassroots, door hangers? Like, what does a week look like when you've got a home match on Saturday? Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because we don't, sometimes we don't think that way. Uh, last year, it was just like flying by the seat of our pants. Um, we just did like the post and hope for the best. A lot of our members ended up moving during the pandemic. So we did have like a big drop off in attendance from 2019 to 2022. Right now, we have a lot more members signed up than what we did last year. And we have a good amount of family memberships, which is four season tickets. So we're expecting to have a better turnout than last year. We're also playing at Boxer Stadium this year, uh, half of our matches. So three matches at Boxer, three at Keysar. Boxer is 3,500 seats. Keysar is 10,000 seats. So we're hoping it looks like a better match the experience at Boxer if we do have lower turnout just because it'll look a lot more full. Like Deltas, when they were at Keysar, they were only getting like 3,500 people. So it's a good number to have, but in the stadium so big, it looks pretty insignificant, which doesn't translate well. Like on streams, uh, new fans might be put off by it. Uh, but yeah, I think this year we're going to do probably a lot more leading up to the matches. We also, last year we had a lot of matches midweek, like Wednesday, Thursdays at 7 p.m., which gets very cold out at Golden Gate Park. So this year, they're all midday on either Saturday or Sunday. Um, so that was all strategic. Uh, we do have some, like, if you want to call it prime time, like 6 p.m. kickoffs. Those are going to be kind of like big hands, like our Darby that we host. It's going to be at like 6 o'clock at Kizar because those tend to get the most, uh, like the biggest attendance. Um, but yeah, we also were hosting, I partnered with the club with, uh, this organization called, uh, Refuse Refuse. So they just organize community cleanups. So one thing we're wanting to do is like an hour or so before kickoff, have some of our members clean up around the stadium, uh, in the neighborhoods, uh, and that way, you know, it's kind of as it shows the club doing like a good service in the community that might attract uh, residents to the club. Uh, we also will be doing uh, these like farmers market, kind of like street market things, uh, where we be able to sell our merchandise. So it's just another way to be involved with the club. There's a few of those during the season. Uh, I'm working on some wild posts, which are just some posters we pasted on like shuttered businesses or businesses under construction. Uh, and yeah, so just any way that we can get in front of people is kind of how we're going to approach it. Cause we also like everyone has like full-time jobs, so we can't do like knocking on doors all the time, but whenever we have time, that's how we. I have to do that. So, so that's um, 
I was going to ask you about some of the community things that you're involved with. That's, that's, uh, those are good ideas. Um, what is, what is your off season? USL two is a relatively short season in the summer. That's what we play about three months. Um, yeah. I believe it is, maybe it's different out West, but what do you guys do with that in the off season or do you do much? I haven't, I haven't gone back and kind of followed the, followed the Twitter feed over the last seven or eight months, but what does your off season work look like and how do you stay relevant and top of mind for people? Yeah, I think in hindsight, uh, we should have done like more things during the off season of what we did. I think, I mean, I personally like didn't do much for the club during like 2020, 2021 that I couldn't, uh, I think I was reading something from uh, the Stuffgate, the guy from Stuffgate, saying how I had a conversation with Detroit City, saying that they're a clothing brand or t-shirt company, like 70% of the year. And I think that's one thing that we should do more of in the off season is like more merch. Uh, and those like community, like farmer's market things, those are happening in the off season. So we're going to do more of those. Uh, just be kind of out there, top of mind. I think when it comes to our branding and our merchandise, it's going to sound kind of narcissistic, but I think it's like one of the best in like lower league. I think I often think it's some that's better than some MLS clubs. Uh, so I think when people say, yeah. look, I don't want to interrupt, I don't want to interrupt you, Ian, but that's why we got you on okay. because. There is, it is, but it is a unique voice. Um, I, you know, best is subjective, but unique is pretty, you know, not subjective. Yeah. Um, objective, that's the word. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, the MLS is the whole different thing of just it, of the corporateness of it. Um, but yes, I think you have a very special, you have the potential to be very, very special in your community. Um, if it's done, done right and done with commitment and done with, um gusto because the skill sets you're bringing the skill sets your your colleagues are bringing um together with the lack of care i guess for whatever lack of lack of respect for this for the system whatever you want to phrase it but like sort of like the upstart punkishness of that tone yeah um it's, it's going to resonate with a lot of people in, in San Francisco. You're not trying to do it in, you know, somewhere hugely conservative and respectful, are you? So you, you, you've got the right tone if you find the right yeah. merch to put behind it. Yeah, and that was kind of uh, a strategic and it puts, like, I don't know, like in advertising, everything's like just stolen from other advertising. And that's kind of what here's my secret everything i do as i said is like just stolen from other clubs or other things so we were just like we sell a lot of our stuff from san francisco in general uh and it's culture and you know san francisco is a very like punk rock uh hotbed you know like dip kennedy's uh fat boards the space out here so that definitely inspired and punk rock was all about DIY. So that's one, uh, another reason that we kind of lean that way. Um, and yeah, we just kind of like try to copy things just to make us look a little bit better than just kind of put our own little spin and voice to 
make it stand out. Honestly, if you if you think you're not we looking at your Instagram feed and seeing a whole lot of your posts just recolored green and yellow, you've got another yeah, go a friend. Right, so there's no. It, I mean, it's copying or it's inspired by, isn't it? It's yeah. very sure. It's a very thin line. Um, yeah, I'm reading um, Purple Cow at the moment, and I'm very late to adopt another Seth Godin book. Um, but he's absolutely. But he's big thing is like the only way you stand out is to be different, right? Um, unless you're unless you're the first, then you're just copying. Yeah. Um, and you know, you've you've got enough competitors in within the San Francisco soccer market, let alone the American soccer market, that you 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 have to do something that makes you stand out, that makes you differentiate yeah, here, yourselves from everybody else. Yeah, and here I think a new club pops up in San Francisco trying to mm. be the best one. So there is some competition, then yeah, we kind of, you know, like our image. I mean, I think there's some people that don't like the word branding when it comes to like soccer clubs, but I think you should like care for that and then like be protective of it uh, just so, you know, you're able to attract more members than, you know, that's how you survive here. Absolutely. The, 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 the brand. I hate it too. I, I work in the business, but um, it is a brand. It is a thing. You are you are selling a lifestyle choice to both the players and to the fans. Yeah. You just are because it's, they don't have to come. They don't have to play for you. They don't have to come and see in the bleachers. So why should they? That's on you to persuade them, right? So then you instantly becomes a brand, becomes a thing that you have to market. It yeah. just does. So, yeah. Um. How has the community responded to you in terms of that branding? We we said that you were like trying to tap into that punky vibe, um, but from my experience of trying to market DeKalb, a lot of what we're trying to do, or a lot of where our market in commas is, um, is the family end of things. It's not the 20, 20 something beer boys. It's you know it's the parents looking for someone to look after their kids for two hours on a summer's evening. Um, that doesn't necessarily chime. I know if that's not true for you, then fine. But if it is true for you, how does that chime with the punky sort of, you know, rule breaking side of things? Yeah, that. Without getting answer to this, uh, I think in like, like advertising and marketing, like you shouldn't try to get everyone. You should kind of just do what's true to you. Then the right people will gravitate towards that and there's like other you know there's other clubs that might persuade other people uh so i don't think we try to cater to every i mean obviously we'd like everyone to you know be ss and disorder but that's not possible but we'll stick to this idea of doing it ourselves providing an alternative to what soccer's kind of become this like corporate money grab uh and you know if someone resonates with that and they just like our like look just because you know i probably like wearing merch but uh that's kind of our demo um damn i shouldn't go say uh what was your question again it's how do you marry like the to us our core demographic is families and i completely yeah. get where you're coming from like your core demographic is whoever your brand speaks to the best but 
<laughs> for longevity, there's got to be something other than just, you know, rage against the machine almost, doesn't there? Yeah, like, I, I, know, I guess we just try to get more people that are like us, you know, which there's plenty of, uh, Pacifica has always been like a hotbed of, uh, these like misfits people that didn't really fit in anywhere else. That's why they came here. You had like the hippies in the sixties, you got the beatniks, the punks, and you know, those are all like the people that we, you know, uh, and I think there's more of those and well, obviously there's some overlap and there's people that are fans of ours that don't fit that mold. Uh, they just, you know, for whatever reason, they just like us for other things we do. And we also try to like, you know, we're not all about like at the status quo and all that. Uh, we do try to be as involved with the community as we can and Sheriff Kate said, you know, we're just as part of Sapphire City Field as more than just a soccer club. Uh, we try to partner with as many like nonprofits that we can. Uh, every year we do a private kit uh, where benefits are raised for a local uh, nonprofit organization and the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, and then there's other charitable aspects that we try to do, uh, best buddies, light the night, um, another one that I'm spacing on, uh, we've done food drives in the past. I think we're going to try and do that again this year as well. Uh, but yeah, we just wanted, you know, be a club that takes care of our own and our own being, you know, our community. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, when I was a kid, I listened to like punk rock, alternative music. So there are kids and families that do like that sort of stuff. So they come on. Then I saw like, we're taping this right after April Fool's Day, which we had no one knows that's listened to this. Uh, the idea came about of pretending if we were in, so when we were out in the uh, these like street markets people literally came up to us like oh do you have plans for joining MLS all that not knowing anything about like what it involves so we had AI kind of show what that would be and and they bounced the idea around internally before we like went live and everyone like was digging it so we we launched it with the 12 posts and it got some decent engagement uh, all around. Then there was some like confusion, like some people didn't understand that it was a football show that went up. But I saw like some people like share it with like comments like, hey, help, or just like support this soccer clip with me. It just goes through funny on the internet. So I didn't think people would just like, I don't know, maybe it's a fresh take in the soccer scene. In America, yeah. that we have that we just enjoy. And I guess the people, the demographic. This is a very long question to your answer or <laughs> answer to your question. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just the different opportunity that we provide. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's a reason you exist, 
as founders and as members, right? And it's like it's conveying that message to the people that don't know you exist as to what well what matters to you guys. Um, I'd love to see you do more with Foggy. I've just discovered Foggy, and I'm a big fan of Foggy. Yeah. So, so. actually, thanks uh, for bringing that up. Yeah, one thing that we're kind of trying to do is have like market our memberships in different ways. Uh, it's one thing that I learned at when I used to work at uh, Levi Strauss and Company. Like, you would speak about the 501 differently than what you would speak about, like, the Made and Crafted Collection. So we're trying to do that where we speak about our ambassador membership as your second club, right? There's the Oval Club that you support. Let us be your second club. Then the family membership is one that we want to use Foggy a lot more of, uh, just because they're, you know, the joyful cartoon uh, Fog. Yeah, we have lots of plans for Foggy in the future. You're a nice easy mascot to sort of yeah. roll out if you need to roll out and those accidental level or so. Um, all right, I'm conscious of the time and I'm conscious that John's got to go in a moment. So, John, any last questions before we start wrapping this up? No, I love, I Nick loves this too. I love when we have soccer podcasts and we don't talk about soccer at all because like, it, it is so much more than just rolling a ball out and recruiting players and, and that's all critical stuff. But it's amazing we can talk for an hour about marketing and community and engagement and hell even ai and i by the way i would love to get an ai intro from chat gtp sometime nick when you think about it uh, i'm working on it Jenny. so you need to put more info, info out there my friend but yeah this happened okay but no i i think it's great and i i'm uh, i'll be honest with you i'm gonna follow a little closer what you guys are doing and when you guys do make those graphics just save nick the time and just change the background he'll send you the colors from our branding and just just Send everything over to Nick and we'll we'll share it and it'll look like we did it. Everybody'll be great. So appreciate uh, it. Jump on. Yeah, no, yeah. Thanks for reaching out. Uh I always like talking about SSD and yeah, to your point, like I don't know anything about in fact I just happen to be a fan of it. And uh like everyone else involved in the club, I just kind of bring what I'm decent at to kind of help it's grown into this thing of its own good yeah like sure. the film you a club like yours a club like us it's only as good as the people that are working behind the scenes right you can't go out and recruit yeah. a marketing expert or a you know or a, a groundsman or whatever you've just if you've got a graphic designer then you may use the graphic design skills if you haven't you're a clip art club it's fine yeah. it's just That's... so yeah um ian thank you so much for your time um like I said, San Francisco, if you're not already following them on um, the socials, you should. Uh, now you know we've got a face. Well, you might, you might have a face. You'll definitely have a voice to blame for you know, for when the whole thing burns down. Um, I wish you well. I don't know um, when our paths will cross. Maybe one day we will we will strike each other up in the semifinals of the US Open Cup or something. But um, we will certainly be keeping an eye open on, uh, open on what you're doing and how you're progressing. I love that there's um, models like yours up and down the pyramid, right? It's not the fact that you exist on a vaguely semi-pro level um, amongst more 
corporately orientated teams is a is a boon to this model. The fact that there are clubs being playing at a rec level that could look at what you're doing and say, actually, we can do that too, is just fantastic, right? It, yes, there is a natural glass ceiling, but there's only a glass ceiling there until someone goes through it. And before you guys were doing it, there weren't that many clubs doing what we're doing now. So, um, yeah, you, long may it continue. And best look for everything. Yeah, I saw, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad, I mean, I was involved with it, but I'm glad that there's like more supporter-owned clubs popping up. And yeah, I don't know if we were one of the first or whatnot, but yeah, they're just like, a few clubs have like mentioned us as like their inspiration, which is pretty cool. And yeah, we, we started at like a rec league level. Uh, well, I guess that step by step is a little bit better than rec league, but essentially it's kind of like a rec league, which has promotion relegation in it. And yeah, the one year they're like, you know what, let's just kind of take this to the next step. And, and yeah, um, that's how like that's like phase two to the hour i'm in like phase three like gearing up towards the world cup to see you know if we could make that leap and get a massive yeah indeed all right my friend best luck with them yeah here's the life with the dog's nails thanks ian yeah and we'll catch up another time yeah take care thanks take care Bye.